Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our worship for Sunday, the 22nd of November. For most of you listening to this recording, I guess it doesn't make too much difference that our services in the church building will be cancelled for a couple of weeks until that is the 13th of December, unless there's further notice. Some of you may, however, have been planning on coming to the Advent Communion service that we've been planning for next Sunday, the 29th, and that will now be moved back, all being well, to Sunday the 13th of December. Our Gift Sunday will also be on that day with gifts this year going to the Salvation Army. And please, if you're bringing a gift, ensure that it's unwrapped and these can be left in the vestibule or dropped off at the Dining Hall on Saturday morning on the 12th of December. There'll be somebody there to collect your gift from your car boot. And as usual, Rosemary is taking donations this year again for the Storehouse Christmas Turkey Appeal. It's £10 for one turkey to help a family struggling financially this Christmas. If you'd like to donate in the coming weeks, then we'd ask you uh, now to please do that by posting your donation to Rosemary's address or, or directly to Storehouse at Mark Christmas Turkey Appeal. Let us come now and worship God. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Let us pray. Lord, it's not quite Advent yet, but already we are looking forward to Christmas, to some Christmas cheer to fill our hearts. There's so much in the news, so much happening in the world around us. So many things to distract us and to draw our attention away. But we'd so much rather be captivated and preoccupied for a while with the good news of your coming. At a time when we're being asked to make sacrifices for one another and maintain our distance, we turn our thoughts to a God who comes close, a God who chose not to remain distant, not to allow the pandemic of sin get in the way of stepping into our world and coming alongside us in Christ Jesus. We are so thankful that you are the Prince of Peace and that you have come to make peace in the chaos and the craziness of our world and our hearts. Lord, may the good news of great joy that the angels declared eclipse any other storyline that we would write in these next few weeks. May the hope of the day when all will be put right free us to wait patiently and love boldly until you return. Lord Jesus, as you have come to serve us from your manger to the cross, from your empty tomb to your sure return, free us to find our greatest joy in serving one another. Forgive us for all of our selfish ways as we confess before you that we've sinned against you and against one another in thought and word and deed. Forgive us, Lord. Remind us that your forgiveness is not just choosing to ignore our wrongs, but choosing to bear the cost for us, a debt that we could not pay. Lord, with love, we receive your mercy. In the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And our Gospel reading today is taken from the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 7, and we're reading verses 36 through to 50. Luke seven thirty-six to 50. Let us hear the word of God. One of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house. He took his place at the table. There was a woman in that town who had lived a sinful life. She learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with a special jar of perfume. She stood behind Jesus and cried at his feet. And she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair. She kissed them and poured perfume on them. The Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this. He said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him. He would know what kind of woman she is. She's a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain lender. One owed him 500 silver coins. The other owed him 50 silver coins. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he let them go without paying. Which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who owed the most money. You're right. Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman. He said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water to wash my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with my hair, with her hair. You did not give me a kiss. But this woman has not stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You did not put any olive oil on my head, but she has poured this perfume on my feet. So I tell you this, her many sins have been forgiven. She has shown that she understands this by her great acts of love. But whoever has been forgiven only a little, loves only a little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to talk about this amongst themselves. They said, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And may God bless to us this reading of his word. I once found myself leading a church service, not here in this church, somewhere far away. And a young man, David, introduced himself to me afterwards. He'd just been baptised at another service that morning and was full of joy as he told me the story of how he came to faith. He didn't have any Christian background. 
He had never had any contact with church or knowledge of the Bible. Everything was new for him. But most wonderful of all was the forgiveness that he now had received from God through putting his faith in Christ. I learnt some weeks after that meeting with David that the following week, during the church service, he'd broken down in tears as wave after wave of emotion broke over him. He began to sob loudly in the service, overcome by God's love. Those around him, not used to seeing this kind of openly expressed emotion, became more and more uncomfortable, not knowing how to respond. And eventually, he was quite coldly escorted out of the building and told in very clear terms that his behaviour was not appropriate and was rudely interrupting the flow of the service. His reaction, his lack of inhibition, made him not fit in. He was not welcome in that place. Now, thankfully, David's newfound faith was strong enough that he wasn't put off and he found another community in which he could worship. It was an incident that reminds me a lot of the encounter that's described in our Gospel reading today. An encounter between Jesus and someone who didn't quite fit in with her surroundings. Someone who was oblivious to the social norms, the social rules that applied to the company that she was in. She expressed herself in a very uninhibited way. An outsider who comes not into a church building, but who, in this case, get crashes a party that she would never have been invited to. There's a song that comes to mind by the pop star Pink, otherwise known as Alicia Beth Moore, a song called What About Us? Its words are more or less a, a protest, a political protest, in which she expresses her frustration, her disillusionment, that feeling of being outside, of being forgotten and overlooked. Needy, but no one caring. What about us? She cries. We are problems that need to be solved. We are children that need to be loved. What about us? The woman in our passage today was someone on the edge, someone on the outside of this respectable community, overlooked, until that is, her actions began to draw quite a lot of attention. This particular party was a party for the pillars of the community. The host was a man called Simon, a Pharisee. And it's very obvious that this woman does not belong there at that party, in that company. She's overlooked at first. In fact, at one point, Jesus has to say to the host of the party, do you see this woman? Do you see her? Of course, in one sense, Simon did see her, but in another sense, he didn't really see her. He overlooked her. He neglected to see her. He, she was a person of, of no value to him. And her problem is not very solvable. She's introduced to us as a woman in that town who had led a sinful life. She is a notorious sinner whose reputation precedes her. She's someone who has long been written off by the establishment, who want nothing to do with her. And here she is, gate-crashing this party, 
that she would never have been invited to. And the reason why she does it is because of Jesus. Jesus is there as a guest and she's learned that this is where Jesus is and she follows him into the house of Simon. Now, I don't think I've get crashed too many parties, but I do know to get crash a party, you need to know how to act like you're supposed to be there, how to blend in. But this woman, well, she knows nothing whatsoever about those rules. She just doesn't know the norms at an occasion like this. And upon entering this house, she just creates a big scene. Just picture the scene for a moment. At a dinner party in those days, all the guests would have been reclined around a low table with their feet sort of tucked behind them. And this woman came to where Jesus' feet were and she was weeping, sobbing uncontrollably, her tears falling onto Jesus' feet. And with her long hair, she started to wipe his feet. She brought with her an expensive alabaster jar of perfume. So this is something quite deliberate, quite intentional, quite planned. And she pours the perfume over Jesus' feet. Meanwhile, picture the other guests, aghast. The conversation had stopped. Everybody was watching. There's that really loud silence in the room as something incomprehensible is happening in front of their eyes and everybody's trying to get their heads around it. Nobody knew quite what to say or how to react. Eventually, Simon, the host, muttered some words to himself under his breath. If this man really were a prophet, he would know. He would know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is. But Jesus knows exactly how to respond. And he starts to explain to Simon the actions of this woman. He explains it to everyone there by telling them a little story to help interpret what they see. And then after he tells the story, he says about the woman, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. These actions by this woman might seem a bit strange to us, but Jesus tells us they are actions of love and outpouring of emotion, demonstrating her deep, overwhelming love. She loves Jesus. And the reason she loves Jesus is because she is forgiven. There were two people who owed money to a certain moneylender, Jesus began to say. One owed him 500 denarii. Now, that would be about 18 months wages. The other owed him 50. Neither of them, of them had the money to pay him back, so he cancelled the debts of both. It's a little story to illustrate that forgiveness is when a person has an unpayable debt. They have a debt which they haven't got the means themselves to pay, and that debt is cancelled. Imagine somebody having a mortgage, maybe £60,000 left to pay, on their mortgage and suddenly they fall on hard times like I'm sure is true for a lot of people at the moment and they end up eventually going to the bank to explain that they just can't continue with the payments 
But then something happens, something amazing. The manager tells this person that they owe nothing. He writes off the debt and says, the house is yours. The debt is forgiven, written off. That's forgiveness. But one of the things we sometimes forget about forgiveness is that there is still one who pays the cost. In the case of the mortgage with the bank, that debt isn't a fictional debt. It's not made up. It doesn't just magically go away. Someone still bears the cost. If the bank manager cancels it, then either he or the bank must pay the cost. Similarly, when the moneylender in Jesus' story forgives the debt of 500 denarii, it's the one doing the forgiving who takes the hit. And that's something that this woman deeply understood. It's perhaps what David deeply understood as he sat in that church service that Sunday morning, becoming deeply aware of the forgiveness that he had received and the love of God who paid its price, who took the hit. The woman who had committed many sins could somehow see where all this was leading to for Jesus. That he had come into the world, something we're preparing to celebrate in some way in the coming weeks. He'd come into the world for the very reason that he might bear the cost for our sins. And so to offer us his forgiveness. And it's this costly forgiveness that explains this woman's actions. Her many sins have been forgiven, as can be clearly seen in her love, by her extravagant actions, in her uninhibited expression of that love. But she's not the only person in that room, is she? Jesus tells this story for the benefit of Simon, the host, who it seems doesn't see himself in the same category as this woman. He doesn't see himself as a sinner. He's different. He's better. And on that, Jesus gently challenges him. Simon, as long as he can keep himself above everybody else, keep his distance from people like this woman, well, he feels he's okay. But he has no love. Jesus reminds him that whenever he entered Simon's house, he didn't even receive the customary signs of welcome and respect that people would normally show to a guest in those days. It was normal then for guests when they, when they came into your house to be offered some water to wash their feet. But Simon did none of that for Jesus. It was normal to give your guest a welcome kiss. But Simon did no such thing to welcome Jesus. But this sinful woman, who has more than made up for Simon's lack of love and welcome, has wet his feet with her tears, she has kissed his feet, she has poured perfume on his feet, this sinful woman, her sins, Jesus tells us, have been forgiven, as evidenced by her love. But Simon feels okay, he's not like this woman, He's above this kind of person. He doesn't want or need to lower his standards. Unlike this sinful woman, he shows no love for Jesus. 
an indicator that he's probably not okay. And so Jesus gently challenges Simon in this way. What about you, Simon? What about you? Because Jesus loves Simon too. He loves all sinners. What about you? What about us? Do we feel we're okay? Are we forgiven? Does our love for Jesus clearly show that we too are forgiven sinners? Forgiven a debt that we could never pay. Here is a picture of a desperate woman reaching out to Jesus. Jesus who values her, who values her actions and sees into her heart what motivates her. Even when other angry voices are accusing and judging because those actions shock. They don't fit with the unspoken rules that set out the correct and the appropriate way to reach out to Jesus. When in fact those actions are more loving than those of Jesus' host. Have we ever reacted to a heartfelt desire for connection with God with angry judgment? Do we ever put up barriers in our church that make it harder, not easier, for ordinary people, maybe people with no knowledge of church, to reach out to Jesus? How might we respond? if people started to come through our doors who broke our cultural norms of what's acceptable and appropriate in the way we worship on a Sunday morning. Might we be like Jesus, who welcomed people like this weeping woman? Amen. Let us now come before God with our prayers for one another and our prayers for our world. Let us pray. Loving God, in this moment when once more we feel doubly locked in by the enclosing winter and by COVID, locked up in our homes, locked down by fear and uncertainty again. Help us to find freedom in faith, healing in hope, liberty in your love. In this time when tempers can get frayed in relationships, give us the fruit of your Holy Spirit in our lives, our homes, our dealings with one another. We pray for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Be especially with those who feel most isolated and alone. Grant them a deep sense of your loving presence through long days and lonely hours. Bring your comfort and calm, strength and support. Help us, Lord, to appreciate simple pleasures in a fresh way through our unusual circumstances. The blessing of home, the joy of loved ones, the voice of a friend on the phone. We pray, Lord, for those who give care to family members and friends living with mental illness. Lord, may they feel your loving hand and your sustaining and nurturing power 
May they feel less frustrated and experience less guilt for very human feelings that they may have about wanting to escape their tasks. May they find us eager to support them in the midst of their difficult tasks. Encourage them, Lord, by giving them value and worth, even when community seems to desert them and their loved one. Lord, save us from our ignorance, that we may not ignore our friends because they live with pain that we don't understand, but rather help us to see that they are people of great courage and love who are trying desperately to care for a family member or a friend. Lord, we want to pray that you would be with local retailers this week as they come to terms with with another lockdown. We pray also for those in the hospitality industry. Help them and their staff get through this challenging time with the support that they need to do that from the government. We pray, Lord, that the public, including us, might support them also through our opting to, to buy from local shops where possible. Lord, we pray that these new measures might help get the virus rate down and ease pressure on our hospitals in the run-up to Christmas and the New Year. Help us, Lord, help the wider public to, to do our best, to play our part to help in these efforts. Help us to keep being alert and to keep watching out for one another in love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And now may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, be upon you and remain with you this day and forevermore. Amen.